Lucky Land Casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kids' PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hey, guys. It is Ryan. I'm not sure if you know this about me, but I'm a bit of a fun fanatic when I can. I like to work, but I like fun, too. It's a thing. And now the truth is out there. I can tell you about my favorite place to have fun. Chumba Casino. They have hundreds of social casino-style games to choose from, with new games released each week. You can play for free anytime, anywhere. And each day brings a new chance to collect daily bonuses. So join me in the fun. Sign up now at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. Why are you always going to sigh at me? Because you do things that make me sigh. Welcome to episode 29 of the Dynasty Guru Fantasy Baseball Podcast. I'm your host, Ian Hudson, and I'm an editor here at the Dynasty Guru. With me is Keaton DeRocher, and not Patrick Magnus, but Jeff Good. Keats, how are you doing today, buddy? Doing great. Baseball is back. Opening weekend. These games yeah, man. count. Yeah, real real baseball, baseball action. It's exciting. It's good stuff. Seventh inning stretch and Cracker Jack and whatnot. Comeback wins, all kinds of stuff. This is good stuff. Jeff, how are you doing today? Baseball is terrible. Everyone is hurt. I hate it. I, I want to go and cry. And die. <laughs> that's the yeah. other side of the spectrum. <laughs> that's that's <laughs> the whole. We got, we covered it all. That's going to do it for us today. All right. Well, yeah, that's that's correct. Ladies uh, and Je- gentlemen, baseball. <laughs> uh, Jeff is filling in for us while Patrick is still out gallivanting around the globe. He's dead to us for only one more week. But uh, Jeff, good to have you here. Yeah, good to be here. All right. For today's show, we're going to be discussing transactions and free agent signings since we last recorded, go over some news and notes, have some actual baseball reactions, some bold predictions, and answering any of y'all's listener questions. You can submit questions via the Facebook group, the Fantasy Baseball subreddit, on Twitter at DynastyGuru, or email uh, DynastyGuru at gmail.com. Let's jump into transactions and free agent signings. Not too much action, but uh, we did have Greg Greg Holland head to St. Louis on a one-year, $14 million deal. Uh, Keaton, you you did a little bit of a deep dive into Greg Holland as part of the triple play when you were evaluating uh, Wade Davis. Is that right? Yeah, uh, he was a compliment to the uh, Wade Davis is the – heart of the piece uh just in that wade davis uh took over as closer from holland in kansas city and then i was taking over as closer uh in colorado so i was uh kind of doing a side by side analysis of holland's numbers in and out of colorado seeing how we could project wade davis's numbers and um there wasn't really much regression in holland's numbers at all in colorado uh which is um you know, everybody hears pitcher in Colorado and runs for the hills immediately like Godzilla's chasing them. Um, 
and so we just assume that they're going to be bad. And he really wasn't. And he led the National League in saves uh, last year. And I really surprised it took this long for him to sign i'm not surprised that it's now a, a one-year deal but i like it he's going to be getting saves for a team who's competing in the playoffs so it's a uh, another one-year show me deal like he had in colorado and he's going to be getting save opportunities for a team that needed a closer he's not the long-term solution so the guys that are there uh that can potentially take over i know uh, jeff's going to talk about a few of these um in a bit uh, they still have the same value that they had before, but Greg Holland, uh, for me, this year is a top 15 uh, closer, and for the next three to five, I still see him as a, a top 15 to 20 closer. Uh, and he's, he's, he's going to be getting saves. So that's, I mean, that's what you're looking for out of a, a reliever. And I took a stab on him in uh, a few leagues, expecting that he was going to sign uh, eventually. And it came right down to the wire, and thankfully he did eventually sign. Uh, so I think it's a it's a good sign for his fan, uh, fantasy value in that it's a playoff contender, and he is going to step in uh, as soon as he's ready and start getting saves right away. So I'm a fan of it. Um, as a Dominic Leone owner in a number of places, I, I'd be lying if I said I was happy about the signing, but uh, I can I can see where you're coming from, Jeff. What are your thoughts on the deal? Uh. Yeah, uh, kind of the same things. Uh, Holland is obviously the the guy this year. Uh, it is going to be like a week or two before he's ready. Uh, he was working out in the Boris camp, uh, but you know, there's uh, you know, you might you might get a handful of saves from Leone before before he comes back. And I'd still hold him for and make sure that Holland is stable, like we all expect before dropping him. And I also think that long term for the for the Cardinals. Uh, either Leone or Jordan Hicks uh, have more long-term value uh, for them. Like I still like them long-term. I agree with that. Hicks looks pretty good. I think we're about to get into him um, in a minute, so I'll, I'll let Ian get back to hosting. I know how you you don't like when people do that for you. I don't. I don't have a problem with transitioning. <laughs> <laughs> I just get salty when. I have I don't have much that I do on the podcast, and so when my corner gets stepped to, I have to I have to defend my work. Um, so between uh, Leon and Hicks for next year, who do you guys think is the is the guy if you had to pick right now? Uh, right now, um, Hicks was impressive. Um, I like what I saw from him. So I guess uh, right now at this moment, um, I, I like Hicks long term. But that, I mean, that could change. But okay. yeah, right now, Hicks. Jeff? Yeah, I like Hicks, too. All right, fine. I'll take it. The, the, there's, there's a small chance they might try to stretch him into a starter again, but he's a reliever, I think. So. Fair enough. Because that's the only risk on him. <laughs> <laughs> All right, speaking of Jordan Hicks, uh, he leads our, uh, our call-up section. We had some guys with some surprise opening day starts. Um, Jordan Hicks, like you guys said, he was um, called up for the Cardinals. We got Kingery signed that, uh, was a $30 million extension with the Phillies and made the opening day roster. And uh, Joey Lucchese, I think we're saying that right, of the Padres, uh, jumped straight from double A to the starting rotation. Uh, which of these guys do you find the most interesting? Uh, Jeff, let's start with you. 
uh, Kingery is easily the most interesting. Um, we were, just, I mean, we talked about Hicks a little bit. He throws off Hicks throws a hundred and like the ninety three to one hundred three kind of a hundred, like easy triple digit cheese. But that's that's most of what you need to know. Uh, Kingery has he had a breakout year last year, hitting a lot of bombs in like Double A, uh, which is known as a hitting hitters park. Uh, but he had a decent solid hit tool before that and was really known more as a speed guy. Like he was considered kind of less interesting. It's like, yeah, he's kind of, you know, middling power has some, you know, above average speed kind of, you know, middle, middle infielder guy, but, uh, combining that speed with power makes him super interesting in fantasy. Uh, not a huge walker, but you know, he, he can hit. And they've, uh, they've also shown, uh, some creativity in getting him into the lineup. Like he's playing shortstop today. Uh, uh, he also played third base, so he's uh, they're they're trying to play him, even if it doesn't end up being every every day. Yeah, Phillies uh, are turning into a kind of interesting team for me this year. I didn't expect that out of them during the offseason, but uh, well, piquing my interest a little bit. Keaton, what about you? You think it's uh, is Kingery the most interesting guy you got out of these? I am the most interested in um, Lakizi. Uh, his numbers in the minors are kind of incredible. Um, pitched uh, a total of 181 innings uh, across two seasons, 2016-2017. Uh, only like 60 in Double A last year, so like low minors. Yeah, and uh, that's part of why it's uh, pretty interesting. That I mean, I know it's uh, partly because of Laments uh, injury, uh, but it, it's it's what makes him interesting. Um, a 1.99 ERA um, across those 181 innings, uh, a .93 WHIP, 204 strikeouts, and only 36 walks. So those are impressive numbers in the low minors, and now making the jump immediately to the majors. I'm very interested to see how he performs. Uh, making that big of a skip um, with only 181 innings uh, in pro ball. Uh, very interested to see uh, his progress. Yeah, he's definitely worth watching too because part of his deal is he's got a super funky delivery. Uh, on the broadcast, they were actually comparing it to Kershaw and uh, how just how weird it is. Uh, I was reading a bit about him and he like, really drops down and has a super overhand delivery but he can still sort of work the ball left to right which is usually hard when uh when you throw that way so it's not like blow you away stuff but hitters have no idea what's coming oh that's interesting well uh i mean in his first start they had a kind of an idea what was coming i think he got he got rocked a little bit but yeah. that's that's to be expected for a guy jumping from double a straight to the bigs but that's a good point his his delivery might uh might carry him a little bit farther the you know first first time through the through the league than mm -hmm. uh than your traditional guy coming up so it's a good call i'm actually trying to pick him up in one of my leagues right now let's see if he's available uh, so I better throw it to one of you guys. Well, my favorite that. part of this podcast is listening to you immediately scoop up anybody we mentioned. <laughs> Insider trading, baby. That's how I do it. Uh, all right. I mean, he, in terms of actually using him, using him, he's really only a deep league play right now. 
but he's he's interesting to keep an eye on just because he's here like a year ahead of schedule right right yeah i I totally agree i'm I'm certainly not expecting much out of him actually i'm hoping just for uh you know a good few weeks and then maybe i can flip him or something but we'll see anyway (laughs) guys let's talk more about my teams and my team strategy i think that'd be good for everybody we'll just hey uh... (laughs) hey hey that's what i'm writing about get off get off my I will not step to your corners either. All right, very good. All right. Um, I think now we're ready to move on to injury news. Do you guys have anyone else you want to talk about specifically, or you want to jump into that? I mean, I don't want to talk about it, but it's what's right, happening. Right. There's, it seems like there's been a lot starting out. Is it is it is it just me, or has, have there been an inordinate number of injuries to start off the season this year? Yeah, like all my disabled list slots are full in every league. It's a World Baseball Classic. Gets them every time. That's it. That's what it Mm -hmm. is. All right. So we got uh, eight or nine guys here. Um, Do we want to just motor through them real quick, or do we want to pick out a couple of guys you guys have thoughts about? Or let's. uh, I'll I'll start listing them off, and you guys give me a holler if uh, you want to talk about them. All right. Start with uh, Troy Tulowitzki. He's on the 60-day DL for Bone Spurs. I think that makes his 7,000th consecutive day on the DL. Uh, Delino DeShields Jr., broken hamate, out four to six weeks. That's kind of a bummer. I thought he was going to – he was getting a bit of helium as the season progressed – or as the season was getting closer, right, guys? Yeah, I just finished writing him up for my uh, uh, de facto favorites – just guys that I ended up buying everywhere. Uh, like I had him on three teams and just felt like the price hadn't really pumped up until like the last couple weeks of the draft season. So uh, now he was my he, late speed. Now has he turned into a guy that you're selling everywhere? No, I'm just throwing him on the DL and crying. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Um got Aaron Hicks, ribcage strain, headed to the 10-day DL. Uh, Sal Perez, MCL tear, out four to six weeks. I enjoy, uh, I don't enjoy, but yes, I, I wanted to talk about Sal Perez too, if only for the uh, the latest in a long line of non-baseball related injuries that, uh, that take a guy out. I remember David Price was out for a while with like a strained neck when he was drying off too vigorously, I think. Uh, that's one that sticks with me. Um, Joba Chamberlain, I thought it was, almost lost his leg or something from a trampoline. Uh, and then Madison Bumgarner, of course, the Bumgarner with his, uh, his <laughs> <laughs> dirt bike injury last year. But Keaton, tell us about Sal Perez. Yeah. Uh, tore his MCL carrying his luggage. Uh, that one was pretty interesting. Um, it was very interesting, though, to see in about six leagues uh, the person that was picked up to replace Sal Perez was Austin Hedges uh, in every single one of those leagues that I was in. And one of them was one where you and I are co-owners and we have Sal Perez and we uh, <clears throat> uh, ended up getting a trade offer for um, Austin Hedges, and so we accepted that. And then in another one where I'm a co-owner with uh, – a friend of ours, uh, we had Sal Perez and picked up Hedges uh, as a free agent. And then um, I was just curious to see 
uh, who was getting picked up as a replacement. Uh, so I went and checked a handful of other leagues, and it was almost every single time it was Austin Hedges. And I just thought that was really kind of hilarious how everybody who had an injured Sal Perez was replacing them with Austin Hedges. Um, the catcher position is not very deep, and it's not very sexy. So when you lose one of the top guys that you expect to have there, uh, it leaves quite a black hole. Uh, and it's particularly uh, a position where you're not often carrying a second or a backup uh, because there's usually never any out there. So um, as far as some kind of like replacement level guys for Perez, um, I'm not even sure where you would go because there's not e not really much out there. Um, in deeper leagues, uh, Robinson Chirinos had a pretty good year last year, um, career high in homers, and he's up there in age. So probably went undrafted in whichever league you're in. Trinos is also the guy I've been picking up. Oh, nice. Yeah. Perfect. Uh, yeah, he's... I actually, uh, have, I actually have Perez in a league. Uh, I picked up Chris Iannetta, which was ill-advised, because uh, I was scrambling at the last second, and now I'm mm -hmm. trying to figure out who to grab. Uh, Austin Hedges is available. So yeah. <laughs> See, there, you, there you go. That's the guy. Yeah. In um, one league, I grabbed uh, Tyler Flowers for all of a day before he hit the deal. <laughs> yeah, those are nice. fun. Yeah. Um, Torino's, I think, is a good one because he's going to have the playing time, and if you just need a catcher for a couple months, he's a he's a good plug-and-play. Uh, what do you guys think of Matt Wieters as, uh, as replacement? I heard he was working his, uh, retooling his... Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. With Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Swing in the off season. Do you think there's any credence to that or no? I mean, honestly, hasn't Matt Weeders been retooling his swing for like the past six years <laughs> to get back to that? The that, tinkerer. That like one, like it wasn't when his like the season after he made his debut, where everybody thought he was like the second coming of catcher Jesus, and he's just never been able to get back there. But everybody's always had hope that he'd get back there. Yeah, that sounds right. I think so. But uh, but yeah. I feel like if he was ever going to get back there, it would have happened by now. But, hey, anything's possible. <laughs> yeah. I mean, hey, dare to dream, you know. Uh, yeah. The, the alternatives are so bad. Eh, why not? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. What do you have to lose? <laughs> you going to miss out on those sweet Alex Avila worse. stats? <laughs> Honestly, I mean, picking up Ionetta in Colorado is not a bad play. That, that, was mm -hmm. my, that was my thought. 
And actually, you know, so far this season, he's, uh, you know, 714 average, 1.464 OPS. So, you know, mm-hmm. on pace for 162 runs. So really can't afford not to. But, yeah. Uh... <laughs> and that, that was your one uh, small sample extrapolated joke. That's yep. very good. <laughs> I, and I, it, was, it was well placed, and I'm, I'm happy that I <laughs> used it there. <laughs> um, all right. I have a good one coming up later that yeah. is only now good the... for like another half an hour, so we'll okay. get to it. <laughs> <laughs> well, we'll we'll get into uh, the other catchers that have hit the uh, hit the DL. Mike Zanino with a strained left oblique out for ten on the ten day DL, and Tyler Flowers left the game with a left oblique strain. Left obliques on these guys. Uh, he's likely headed to the DL too. Uh, so yeah, if you've it... lost any of those guys. Uh, I guess you're looking at Austin Hedges, right? <laughs> yeah, Zunino is the reason I've been scouring the oh, the the dregs of the catchers trying to uh, drown my sorrows in someone who is a warm body and is getting playing time. I've, 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 it's gotten so bad I picked up uh, Christian Vasquez in one in a couple leagues. Like it's it's rough. Nice, good times. He's another guy uh, I had everywhere because he was just. I, th- I felt like he was discount Sal Perez. So. Sure. Yeah, I can see that. Yeah. All right. Um, Josh Donaldson is an injury that I'm not happy about. Uh, dead arm. The amorphous dead arm. Uh, not, apparently not missing any time, but I'm, I'm not deploying him with any level of confidence in the uh, – while he's while he's dinged up, what do, what do you guys think? What do you guys? Yeah, it's never a good thing when you can't throw the ball from your position to first. Um, albeit it's the furthest one from first, but still, um, if he can't physically play his position, I have a hard time thinking that they're going to continually roll him out there and just try and push him through it. Um, I would think a ten day stint is coming soon for him to just try and work through these issues. Mm-hmm. But it's it, not a good thing for Toronto, um, a team that has some, you know, fringe playoff aspirations. Uh, and Donaldson himself is in a walk year, so, uh, you know, he's not going to want to continue, I would I would think, not continue um, not doing, you know, his best if this kind of continues for any lengthy stretch here. So, um, for for the team and for himself, I would expect uh, one of those phantom DL stints is going to happen sooner rather than later. No, I mean, I don't know about phantom DL stints. <laughs> More like a real DL stint. Help him get right. But, uh, yeah, I hope so for his for, for his sake because I need someone to to take the option of starting him out of my hands because it's hard, it's hard <laughs> for me to... To conscience sitting him when uh, when he's you know out there, oh, and Tommy Pham's eyes are bad again apparently. Uh, any of you guys buy into the Tommy Pham hype this off season? I did not. Neither did I. Zero shares. Yeah. yeah, me neither. I I felt like I ranked him well, but didn't end up getting him anywhere. So kind of glad of that. I got a very heavy uh, Alan Craig stink off of Tommy Pham. And uh, (laughs) just in terms of out of nowhere, St. Louis guy. And so fool me once, uh, shame on whatever. 
So <laughs> I you. did not. Uh, I did not get Tommy Pham anywhere. It's just it's uh, it's a degenerative eye condition. So like he's gonna need to get new contacts periodically to to make up for it, like to correct it. So it's it's not something where like magic contact lenses he's fine forever. It's it's gonna be a thing where it it, it crops up every now and again, and he's gonna not play or be bad for stretches. And then when it gets fixed, he'll be good. But it's it's you just know what's gonna happen. Yeah. Well, as long as, and I guess as long as that understanding is built into your expectations of him, then you can you can deal with it. But mm-hmm. maybe he's not, maybe he's not a plug and play guy forever. No. Any other injuries have have any injuries occurred since we started recording that we need to be made aware of? Or real quick on Fam, since Jeff seems much more red on this than me, is it something that LASIK? could help fix or is he just going to have to work through these crazy contacts uh i don't know the details of it um just that it is it it, like i don't know if you remember like whatever it it's just it's that it's a degenerative condition and it's not there's no easy fix it's just they have to keep correcting it that's not great yeah for uh, perspective, I guess we have uh, at TDG fam ranked as our twenty third outfielder in our uh, top however many outfielders we ranked one twenty five. Good, good pull, Keaton. Good, good tie in there. Smart. Probably should have done that sooner. Yeah. That's um, one I, I maybe would, I should be the host. Shut like up. some of the other uh, these other guys. I, re- <laughs> I would be I would be pushing him down rankings, like even kind of long term rankings because like. We sort of knew this might happen, but we didn't know when. And the fact that it's happening already, isn't it? Like coming up again as an issue means it's just, it's going to be hard to rely on him. Yeah, I is. agree. Yeah. Um, let's see other quick injuries. Um, Ian Kinsler placed on the ten-day DL with a left adductor strain. Uh, that was today. And Andrew Heaney uh, has left elbow inflammation. He was placed on the 10-day DL on the 29th for all those particular moves. Uh, Good for Luis Valbuena. (laughs) (laughs) I guess Cozart will get more position eligibility likely, too. Because they've been throwing him at second and third. There you go. So moving on to news and notes, not much to go over. Wanted to talk about the Scott Kingery extension very briefly. Um, with an extension like the one he signed, I think it's fairly c- clear that he won't be going down for any reason except performance. So you got a little more position stability there, which is nice. Um, and it uh, impacts those of you who play in real-life salary leagues. Uh, Keaton, I know that you play in a uh, real-life salary league, right? I do. Why don't you tell us about that? Uh, yeah, I'm in a, a real-life salary league, and um, it adds a lot of clarity for real-life salary leagues. Uh, having younger guys locked into deals like this where um, you're, you know, you're making salary crunches with uh, guys in arbitration, you have to wait until mid-February until that stuff is done. And usually at that time, um, that's when a lot of drafting and other roster decisions in uh, most other leagues are 
happening. So real life salary leagues tend to have a slower off season than standard leagues. Uh, and this actually helps that knowing that you have one of those younger guys locked into a salary uh, already and you don't have to wait through that stages of kind of like preparing your roster. Um, and I also think, you know, a lo- I think a lot of people were uh, initially surprised that uh, Kingery would take the deal because a lot of people are saying that, you know, it's not him betting on himself uh, and it was just, you know, crazy team friendly and whatnot. But um, I don't, I don't really have strong feelings either way. Uh, you know, my initial reaction was I was just surprised that he was already extended. Uh, but I don't, I don't know if I have, I don't know, I'm curious if Jeff uh, kind of had thoughts on um, whether he thought that this was a good team friendly or player friendly deal, or if you don't have any thoughts on that at all. Uh, you know that I don't want to talk about that. <laughs> yeah. I just, I, I really don't care. Well, there you go. Great chemistry, guys. Good stuff. (laughs) (laughs) Cantankerous and confrontational. Jeff, you're filling in for Patrick admirably. They're they're big shoes to fill. (laughs) The big fashion-forward shoes. Mm. (laughs) Uh, All right. And last but not least in the news and notes section, uh, Yonder, where art thou? Yonder Alonzo is still in Cleveland, and he hit a grand slam. So there's that. Against Seattle. Against Seattle. That's right. That's right. <laughs> uh, okay. All right. Let's move on to some more general opening day, opening weekend reactions. Um, let's uh, start with Jeff. Jeff, what are, you, what are some, some takeaways from the first bit of action this season? Uh, one big thing I noticed is that Neil Walker is playing every day. There were some vagaries about how the Yankees were going to work out all the depth that they had. Uh, but uh, injuries have kind of cleared that up. Uh, at first, Neil Walker was like kind of platooning between first and second, uh, but now uh, they had him DH today uh, because uh, Brett Gardner got a day off and they hit like Judge and Stanton out, out there in the outfield. Uh, Judge actually played center field? Uh, I think Neil Walker is valuable as long as he's playing and in that lineup. Uh, yeah, I agree. I think he's, he's been, he's just been a solid producer. You're sort of your middle infielder uh in a deep league type guy Mm -hmm. right yeah like he's kind of boring but like he was on some not great teams and dealt with a lot of injuries but if he's healthy and and in that lineup he's going to produce yeah you you need some of those boring guys every once in a while you know totally totally agree uh let's jump over to keaton keaton what's what's one of your takeaways so far for the for the action here Blake Snell looks fantastic. Yeah, he does. Yeah, he does. <laughs> My boy. We, uh, we talked about Blake Snell on, um, uh, I guess, the starting pitcher pod is probably a good one that we talked to about him on. Seems likely. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And uh, all three of us were buying into to Snell and, and thought that he was uh, ranked too low on our list and um, that – that looks like that may be the case. He looked very, very sharp in his first start, and I'm excited to see more of him him going forward this season. You and me both, buddy. 
Yeah, silver I, silver lining for the uh, for the race season so far. I and figured you would be one. Excited. I anticipate. Yeah, uh, there's the one of the bright spots this season is going to be uh, watching Blake Snell. I'm very excited about that. Keaton, you're on a roll. I love your Blake Snell take. Give me another one that I enjoy. Uh, relievers are useless. I don't oh, know if that's okay. one that you're going to yeah, You ruined it now. Okay, but go ahead. <laughs> uh, yeah, blown saves all over the place. Blown leads all over the place. Like, the 7th, 8th, and ninth inning has been an absolute black hole for almost everyone to start the season. So, uh, that's a lot of fun. Uh, there's, you know, some situations like um, Milwaukee, that's probably not going to change. Um, others like Minnesota... Uh, that could change relatively quickly. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the ones, uh, and there was a lot of them that struggled, uh, a lot of late-inning high-leverage relievers um, for holds and saves all struggled. So it'll be interesting to see how long the leashes are for all of them. So, oh, uh, one that you you might like, though, uh Keone Kella did indeed win the closer gig in Texas. So Yeah, he did. He's getting like saves that. down there. I was uh, I was kind of hoping big time Timmy Jims would would jump in there, but uh, as someone who's uh, bought into Kayla in a bunch of places, I'm I'm certainly happy about that. Yeah, he's on the ten day DL. Uh. <laughs> yeah, so that that didn't last long. Brutal. Womp womp. Uh, let's see. Oh yeah, Mark Melanson's on the DL too. <laughs> <laughs> yep. Hunter uh, Strickland finally is closing. Three hey. years later than we all expected. Hey, there we go. There we go. One takeaway that I have so far is that uh, Clayton Richard continued some good work from last year. I got uh, I grabbed him late in a couple of leagues and got uh, got dragged for it. But you know, last season, uh, his over his second half, he he really improved some of his some of his stuff. His Strikeout per nine increased by a run. Ground ball rate increased by about ten percent. He dropped his xFIP to three point five in the second half, um, and started off strong this season. Seven innings of one run ball, four punchouts against the Brewers. Uh, I'm not saying he's you know going to be a superstar, but I could see a mid three five ERA, which is a little bit better than I'm sure anyone expected out of Clayton Richard. So there's a little takeaway from yours truly. Uh, Jeff, what else you got for us? Uh, well, on Clayton Richard, I, I wrote him up in our starting pitching ranks and was also like a little surprised, uh, mostly that he made 32 starts last year. Uh, that shocked me. Uh, and he wasn't bad. He, I mean, he he got babbipped a bit last year, like a 351. Uh, I wouldn't be as aggressive yeah. as mid threes, but I think like he'll be around four. Well, and... yeah, his his second half uh, Babbitt was actually three sixty five, so it was even higher. Yeah, in the second half than it was in the first half, but yeah, it was a it was a little high last year. Yeah, and I mean he's a ground ball guy, so his is going to be mm-hmm. a little bit higher than like your fly ball guys, but still, like that's absurd. <laughs> yeah, I agree. All right, who else you got? Uh, uh, TDG Slack favorite Jose Perella is hitting cleanup. Uh, it also looks like he's going to play every day in a weird platoon between outfield and second base. Uh, so that's a guy that the the biggest thing is that the, to me, is that the, the Padres like him. Uh, like their manager keeps saying that like, eh, it's hard to not play him the way he hit last year. Uh, so they, uh, 
you know, like with Kingery, they really want to get him into the lineup uh, and they're are going to do that. Uh, he also, uh, if he, if they really do do that and put him in at second, he'll pick up eligibility there, which is pretty nice. You know, anytime. Purchase new wiper blades from O'Reilly Auto Parts today and we'll install them for free. See better and drive safer with O'Reilly Auto Parts. Oh, 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 O'Reilly Auto Parts. Time that you can start off the fantasy, the, the baseball season, uh, talking about three different Padres. You really have to take it. And I'm just glad that we've, <laughs> we've elected to do that in our, in our first pod back from after the, after the season started. But, uh, yeah, <laughs> I think Padres also really went under the radar in draft season. So that's <laughs> like, people just were like, whatever the Padres are rebuilding, they've got prospects that are cool, but like, there wasn't a whole lot of chatter about like who was actually playing there. Yeah, yeah, that's fair. Fair point. Kind of, sort of a blind spot. I, I'm with you. Um, Keaton, who you got? Well, we briefly touched on uh, the Padres on one of our previous pods that they were a very interesting lineup. Um, so I think I think we talked about them for all of like five minutes. But uh, watching the Mets game today, uh, Jake Degrom looks really weird without long hair, and I did not recognize him at all Ooh, quick aside long hair on starting pitchers underrated overrated or properly rated underrated i love it Ugh. overrated i am not a fan jeff i i mean i think it's pretty well rated it might trend a little underrated though because it's uh, only mm. just because you hate it apparently uh, <laughs> it underrated, so. i mean it, it's it's a tough needle to thread right like yes uh noah Syndergaard has amazing hair but aj puck that's not a look that anyone enjoys, right? I don't think the hair is the problem with what AJ Puck looks like. I'm not one oh. to judge, but wow, <laughs> could have fooled me, man, savage. <laughs> like you're not one to judge. You're just you're judging his face. Savage. I'm just saying the hair is not the problem. <laughs> wow, wow, shots, shots on AJ Puck. I like AJ Puck. I feel bad for him getting hurt. You hear, you heard it first. Jeff thinks Puck has a face for radio. <laughs> All right. Uh, Keaton, what else you got? Uh, Trey Turner batting sixth was a surprise uh, instead of being at the top of the order. Uh, and I talked to my Nationals insider about that. Uh, and uh, he seemed to think that it, had, it was in response to uh, the bat going quiet in the postseason last year that wanted runners on ahead of him to – get him producing more right away and that it is a short-term solution uh, and he will be back at the top of the order in no time and that uh, that seemed to work today uh, with a couple hits including a, a nice uh, well I mean it was a solo home run there wasn't anybody on ahead of him but he was producing getting those hits like I like to see my boy get so uh, hopefully uh, in uh, in no time he'll be back at the top of the order yeah everything worked for the Nationals today <laughs> yes that, uh... yes it did that lineup, when it's fully healthy, is is pretty scary. Yeah, uh, we should we should not feel too bad about uh, Luis Castillo. He just he ran into the healthy Nationals. Yeah, that's not going to be the the only time that they post you know twelve yeah. or so runs on a guy. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so yeah, totally. if, if anyone's panicking on Luis Castillo, uh, go get him. <laughs> Good call. Speaking of uh, leadoff hitters. Uh, I was a little concerned to see Billy Hamilton taking a seat 
I mean, his only his only job is to be in the lineup and get on base. Um, and he can't do that from the bench. Uh, do you guys see this as, uh, first off, do you guys care about Billy Hamilton at all? Is he a guy that you tend to avoid in, in drafts? Uh, and if he's a guy that you have or have interest in, are you concerned by this, by this development? Is it a one-time thing, or do you think it's a portent of things to come? Uh, T's and P's to our good friend Brett Sayer in this difficult time. Um, but uh, I'm, I'm not uh, surprised. I think he has had um, you know, quite a long leash the past couple of years to try and get on base more. Um, and I think that's just really what they're looking for. And it seems like they're going to give uh, Winker and some other outfield guys a chance to get on base more. Uh, obviously, he's tremendous when he's on base with, uh, you know, 60, 50-plus steals a year. Uh, if he could get on base more, uh, then he would kind of just absolutely tear everything up. Um, so I think that's really what they're looking for is just for him to be getting on base more, uh, and he's just not doing it. So, I, I mean, I think at some point you just got to either push him to perform or, you know, let somebody else have a chance at it. And it seems to be like they are um, maybe kind of tempering those expectations right here from the, the beginning. Try to give him a little nudge. Uh, Jeff, what are, your, what are your thoughts on Billy Hamilton? Yeah, I think we – I heard some rumors of this happening, like, and that they might throw Jesse Winker up at the top because he can walk. Uh, he, he can take a pitch. Um, and – like that's that's what he does, uh, and so I'm I'm glad to see they're doing that. Uh, in terms of Hamilton's value, I mean he probably won't steal sixty again, but he'll probably still be close to fifty. Uh, he just the runs are going to evaporate. He might score like he might score as many runs as he steals bases if he keeps hitting eighth and ninth. Yeah, so they want Winker at the top to walk so Votto can get up and walk him in. Hey, it's it's, it's a make strategy. everything like extra innings. Start with someone on second base. <laughs> <laughs> nice. You just right. you just get there by walking, not Billy Hamilton not actually getting on base and then stealing. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I guess you know, do what you got to do. Because yeah. like Hamilton's still gonna play every day. He's he's their center fielder. He's his defense is gonna keep him in the lineup, but it's just gonna be the bottom. Yeah, that's a good call. And I mean, this is this is a league where. Uh, you know, Jared Dyson, uh, Rajai Davis, those guys still have still produced. Uh, so I think you guys are right. It's at the end of the day, the steals totals might suffer a little bit, but yeah, those other counting stats uh, could take a take a big dive. Uh, Xander Bogarts is healthy and back to Xander Bogartsing. Woohoo! Uh, he has seven hits on the year. Five of them are extra base hits. He has a home run and four doubles. And he's back to killing it, just like everybody expected. And then yeah. uh, my one small sample extrapolation I thought was a fun one. The Giants are on pace to go 162-0, winning every game one to nothing on solo home runs from Joe Panic, and that's already uh, outdated as they're losing three to nothing to the Dodgers. So we didn't get to it quick mm. enough. Womp womp. Sorry, sorry, buddy. Yeah. You should have told me. I would have. I would have jumped to it sooner. 
I did. Yeah. I said we had 30 minutes to get to it before it was outdated. We didn't, just I did, didn't get I to did it not hear that. I did not hear that part. I apologize. But anyway. When did when did you say that? It might have been 30 minutes, actually. Yeah, it, it was It was right <laughs> after Jeff said that it was your one small sample joke. And I was oh, like, yeah. That's yeah, probably I've shorter got, I've got one later. Minutes, we got to get to it quickly before the game starts. That's probably less than 30 minutes. Yeah, it didn't you take had, long for them chance. to start losing. Yeah. You had your chance, Giants. You blew it. Yeah, it's already right. over. Jeff, any other any uh, last opening uh, opening action reactions? Uh, apparently, it's actually 2003. Uh, Ichiro Suzuki uh, robbed Jose Ramirez of a of a home run. Uh, go look at that uh, video or a gif of that. It's fantastic. Uh, he also hit an infield single because that's what he does. <laughs> Nice. I love it. So there is still joy in today. baseball, even when everyone's hurt. Well, as long as Bartolo Colon does not have a job, uh, there is no jo- <laughs> no baseball joy in my heart. No. Thoughts and prayers. All right. That's all we got for initial reactions so far. So let's jump into some, uh, some bold predictions. Let's get some hot takes cooking, guys. Uh, let's see, Jeff. You are the uh, guest guest analyst here, so let's start with you. Let's. What's what's your hottest hottest bold prediction you got for us? Uh, now, I should say you are filling in for Patrick. Uh, his takes in the past have been uh, steals don't matter. Um, the oh, who was it? Who did he think was going to be good? Keaton Cincinnati. Cincinnati, the, yeah, the Reds are going to be good, uh, and some other gems. So you do have some, as we said, some fashion forward, big shoes to fill. So what do you got for us? Oh man, I, now I've now I've got like uh, hot take ED here. It's I don't I don't know if I can top those. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> all right, uh, Cole Hal- Cole Calhoun goes uh, thirty, a hundred, a hundred. Uh, That's very good. That's a good yeah. start. <laughs> he hit twenty six home runs once. They lowered the they lowered the fences. There's a real lineup there. Uh, yeah, I like that one. That's a good one. Sure, why not? Keats, what do you got? I think uh, Miguel Cabrera will be traded because uh, the Tigers suck, uh, but he's still very good. So someone will be looking for a bat at the trade deadline, and he is not going to be a Tiger anymore. Where do you think he goes? Uh, Where do you think he goes? I have no idea. Um, Come on. Who's someone that needs a hitter? Yankees. American League. (laughs) Uh, The Rays are in contention for the AL East, and they sign Miguel Cabrera. There. That's my Mm. hot take for you. Hey, hey, they've they've got CJ Crone at first base. They're all set. Actually, (laughs) Toronto might not be a bad spot. Yeah, I could see Toronto. Then sure, they, let's, they, let's they, do that. Miguel Cabrera will, gets traded to Toronto. They're willing to spend, too, so. Yeah, all right, cool. Very good. Uh, Jeff, what do you got? Uh, Ty Block is not actually Madison Bumgarner in, dis- in disguise. Okay, come on. Now, that's I just don't ridiculous. Believe this. Come on. <laughs> <laughs> he, he was trying, he, he was trying to, to convince people uh, on opening night, but no, that's. What do you think uh, Ty's value is this season? Is is has he reached peak value already? Is it too late yes. to sell high? 
Okay, great. <laughs> <laughs> this is peak value, absolutely. Okay. Uh, Keaton, what do you got? Three teams from the AL West will make the playoffs. So uh, I think the biggest hiccup here with those is that, uh, you know, the Yankees or the Red Sox would be in the way of that happening. Um, the Red Sox rotation, um, <laughs> which when I made this prediction had not started the season throwing 18 straight shutout innings, um, but they are, uh, they do have injury concerns. Um, so they have pitchers that are currently on the DL and even the ones that are healthy have had injury concerns in the past. So it's not inconceivable that the entire rotation falls apart. Uh, the Yankees lineup is riddled with players who have had injury issues in the past. So it's not inconceivable that, uh, their lineup could completely fall apart. So, um, potentially one of those teams not performing up to snuff that we expect, um, could open the door for a healthy angels to get in as a wild card and maybe the Mariners as well. And Oakland to me is kind of a, a wild card, wild card contender because, um, I think they're a team that a lot of people don't expect to per, like perform well and have a good season, but they have a lot of pieces in place that they could actually overachieve this year and surprise a lot of people. Um, so there's, uh, I think, potentially four teams in the AL West, obviously with Houston being a lock, um, that could be tiptoeing around playoff contention come the all-star break trade deadline. Uh, and uh, we could see maybe three teams from the AL West in the playoffs. Nice. That's interesting. Definitely bold. <laughs> yeah. Well, you um, asked for bold takes, so I gave them to you. <laughs> I had a joke bold take before about the Rays being in contention for lead of the AL East, but <laughs> here's here's a real bold take. Uh, the Rays will finish third in the AL East uh, behind Boston and New York. Uh, Baltimore and Toronto will uh, fall apart, and the Rays will, through trickeration and nonsense, uh, sneak into third place. So we'll monitor that uh, as we go along to... Prove how wrong I am and how much of a homer I am. All right, Jeff, give us another uh, give us another toasty take. Uh, much to my dismay, d dismay, Miguel Snow is actually just gonna be fine. He's gonna hit like uh, 35, 40 homers and like hit two sixty or something. Uh, I've been down on him all spring. He was hurt at the end of the last year. He showed up to camp looking more like Pablo Sandoval uh, than than anyone else. Uh, there were the rumors that there would be or not rumors, uh, worries and concerns that he would be suspended. He probably deserved it, but didn't get suspended. He's already hit a home run. I'm going to be mad that I just avoided him everywhere, and he's going to be good. Yeah. Keaton, what do you got for us? So I went out on a limb with this one, and then this is another one that kind of already looks like it's wrong. But um, neither Stanton or Judge will lead the American League in home runs. It just seemed like too perfect of a fit for it to happen. Uh, I would, you know, maybe Judge hits a sophomore slump. Um, Stanton it hits the ball incredibly hard everywhere he is, and he's at a great ballpark for it. Uh, 
So it's just kind of one of those, uh, if it's too good to be true, then oftentimes it is kind of situations. Um, and Stanton is already like, ha, in your face. Um, so that that one may not be great. <laughs> <laughs> well, what your take is, I don't think Giancarlo Stanton is going to hit a bunch of homers. <laughs> You're setting yourself up for failure. So. Well, I didn't say a bunch. <laughs> I'm just taking the field that maybe someone else can maybe yeah, hit more. Yeah, that's a good point. Flip side, yeah, well, it is I mean, only like three days in, so it's, I wouldn't say it's done yet. Well, yeah, but then, I mean, what, he was hitting like three home runs a day the last three weeks of the year last year, so. Yes, that's true. Yeah, and prior to 2017, he averaged 120 games a season, so like he yeah. could get hurt again. Another strong yeah. point. Another That'd be great point. if he could. I mean, I don't, I don't want him to take another fastball to the face, but <laughs> if he could like pull a hammer that'd be great <laughs> i think you just wait him out and that's gonna happen for you real positive uh, speaking <laughs> speaking of homers uh jeff you got another one for us uh well, i'm gonna drop in uh, uh i'm gonna piggyback on that first uh the guy who will lead the al in home runs if that happens is joey gallo oh nice that'll be fun because uh, uh some in the interview they were uh, asking him about the like the extreme shift and he's like yeah i don't really care about that like, if I made any adjustment, I wouldn't be the same player. So, uh, nice. He also said, it, "If I if I do my job, it doesn't matter where they're standing." Right. Yeah. I mean, <laughs> oh man, that is such a great line. <laughs> yeah, exactly. That's 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 what I was just gonna that's say. I mean, so the shift good. doesn't work if it goes over the fence. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that's so strong. That's good. Yeah, G- Gallo Gallo knows who he is. He knows what he does. Uh, so right. I if love he those leads quotes. the A, yeah, that's those are very good. <laughs> if he leads the AL in homers, how many strikeouts does he have? Three hundred and twelve. <laughs> <laughs> nice. <laughs> All right, uh, and I guess I'll, I'll pair that with uh, in the NL, uh, Kyle Schwarber will uh, lead that league in home runs. Now uh, I thought he's... we gave up on him. What happened there? Uh, no, uh, the new narrative as of as of this year is that the first half of last year he was still recovering from the injury. Mm. So we're gonna hand wave that all away. He's fine now. He's on pace for 108 home runs uh, <laughs> with two and three games. So there's there my uh, small sample uh, extrapolation joke. We did it! Yay! <laughs> that would be a single season record, in case you didn't it know. It would. <laughs> That's true. Very good. Very good. Uh, <laughs> Yeah, it's That's why I weird. do math for a living. It's almost like guys <laughs> who come up and have injuries and, and adjust and everything have a have a long development time. So weird. Keaton, take us out on on one last one last hot take. I mean, you you knew this this was happening. Uh, Garrett Richards, 2018 AL Cy Young Award winner, which again looks like it's off to a great start. So, uh, I guess the the word here is uh, fade and fade hard on every single one of my bold takes. <laughs> they, they are all off to just tremendous starts. But uh, I believe in my boy, and, and King Richters is going to get that crown. Let's move on to some reader questions. Uh, Adam asks, prospects are like stocks in that their value goes up and down uh, all the time over the course of a season, even on a week-to-week basis, what are the key indicators you use to decide whether to trade a guy or just dump him altogether or, or significantly change 
your evaluation of a prospect. Uh, Jeff, let's start with you. Uh, well, first off, trade pitchers. Uh, I don't usually draft a lot of uh, starting pitching prospects, uh, but when I do, they're usually like kind of the, you know, outside top 100 kind of guys. So when they jump into the like the top 50, I will I will ship them every day because uh, even if I love them, uh, they break their elbows uh, or you know have weird development and uh, cycles and you know shapes and just now do they they're they they just they disappoint you <laughs> so how quickly how like the the second they get value you're shipping them even if it's uh or or do you do you ever hold on to them long enough to see if they can gain a little more value if they make to the top 50 like it doesn't get a whole lot better than that um the guys that i would maybe wait longer on were more like guys who were just drafted and started in the top 100. So like, you know, they're, you know, they might have some more linear progression up the list. Okay. I can see that. All right. What, how do you deal? Uh, how do you deal with hitters? Then? Uh, hitters I'm more likely to, to hold on to, uh, just cause like they, they have more of an ability, I think to, when they get called up, make an immediate impact. Um, in terms of selling them high, I, I do worry about things like strikeout rate and walk rate. Uh, if they haven't shown those skills at any level, but are stealing lots of bases and hitting lots of home runs and have flashy stat lines, I might sell them. Um, in terms of guys underperforming, uh, like guys like your Corey Ray types, who, if these are guys who are supposed to have a hit tool and haven't shown it, like if they're not just hitters who can't hit, I'm just going to get rid of. Uh, similar with like pitchers with no control like if that's the thing they need and they don't do it uh, they're gone that's a fair point that's a fair point uh, i will say that uh i am quick to trade my guys uh unless i unless it's a sort of a generational talent type guy i am quick to trade them at any point for a usable piece uh, if I'm assuming I'm in a contention cycle, um, and I am, I'm usually far too late on dropping guys. Like if, if it's a name that I recognize and at one point I was in on, uh, they will, they will stay on my roster for far too long. So hmm. take my take my advice with a grain of salt. Yeah. I'll also say with with hitters, I tend to not trade them until they're ranked somewhere. Like, if they're not ranked anywhere, just their value is so nebulous, it's like, there's guys that are considered, like, they're just not done cooking. Like, yeah, that's a good know, like, a guy like that, I, I felt like, before, like, Anderson Tejeda is a guy who I think is just not, we don't know enough yet. Uh, he got, like, I think he was, like, guy number 101 on some, on BPs last year, or something like that. Like, he, he was fringy and kind of didn't have a great year, but, like, He's just, we don't know yet, so. All right, good call. That's a, that's a good example. Keaton, what about you? How do you, how do you value, uh, what's, what's the question? How, how do you decide uh, whether to trade or dump a prospect? Yeah, so um, using, you know, prospect lists um, is obviously probably the easiest way to gauge value, like, industry value of guys so that usually helps trying to 
project their value. Um, however, um, because they're minor leaguers and oftentimes, you know, we, all we have to go on is stat lines and, uh, write-ups if they're available for guys. Um, there's a big difference between low minors and high minors. So guys, you know, overachieving in the low minors tend to come back to earth, uh, in the high minors. So if a guy is overachieving in the low minors, then, um, you know, his value is higher than, uh, where people kind of projected he would come in to prospect status. Um, and he's a guy that you can kind of sell high and, uh, he might come back down to earth, uh, once he's in the, the higher minors. So you want to kind of use that as a point, uh, to when he makes the jump to double A, triple A, uh, try and, uh, start, you know, sending out feelers for if you're going to uh, train him or not. Also, um, you know, that's not a, a blanket rule. Um, it's kind of case by case because you want to also want to look at kind of what Jeff had mentioned, um, taking a look at their strikeout rate uh, and walk rate um, because those are more of an indicator of approach. So if you're just seeing, uh, you know, blanket impressive stats on guys, um, are there, you know, tertiary factors that are uh, contributing to it or is it, you know, not really explainable? Um, so is it a true uh, inflated value or are they just guys that are overachieving and are going to come back down to earth? So it's um, kind of have to dig into it more than just, uh, uh, oh, this guy's doing really, really well in, uh, you know, rookie ball and a ball. So I'm going to sell him before he sucks again. Kind of deal. It's, it's much more case by case basis. Um, then for pitchers, uh, guys that can't throw strikes, regardless of the results are guys that I tend to try and avoid. Um, they may have, you know, pitchers that are um, have incredible ERAs and whip. Well, their whip wouldn't be that great if they're walking guys, but the, the like total results of their stat line, uh, it may have a pretty box score. But if they can't throw strikes, um, they're going to struggle once they get to the major leagues and probably end up as a reliever. So those are guys that um, you can probably sell or just straight up drop if they're showing no signs of being able to rein in their command at all. Uh, those are guys that are probably, you know, hard avoids unless they have some kind of tremendous, um, 80 grade pitch that can carry them through it, uh, which is, is not super typical. Uh, so those are kind of the indicators that I'll use on, uh, whether to cut bait or look for value in trading. All right. Well, there you go. There you go, Adam. I hope that was helpful advice. I'll add a, one thing in terms of buying prospects. Mm -hmm. uh, the hype cycle has accelerated so much that, like, Kevin Maiton is a post-hype sleeper now. And, like, yeah. he's, <laughs> what level point. has he played at? He hasn't <laughs> even made it to high A. Like, Yeah. yeah. I brought that call. up on a previous pod that it's basically, yeah. like, once they're drafted, they're like the new shiny thing, and everybody's like, oh, this is nice. And then, like a year later, no one really cares about them anymore. And then their value mm -hmm. peaks again right when they're about to like break into the majors. And then in between that, it's like nobody cares about these guys at all. Mm -hmm. And their value just kind of buckets. And that's uh, yeah. there's like a, a double post-hype uh, like situation where it's where the between when they were drafted and when – they debut, and then like a year or so after they debut, there's like two chances to buy low post-hype now. Mm -hmm. That's a good call. 
That's a great call. Pay, pay attention to where they are in that uh, in that hype cycle. Yeah, like Austin Riley is a great example of that. Like a year ago, people were like, "Yeah, whatever, that guy," and then like he had a good year and is back on top hundred lists. Yeah, that really really speaks to uh, how how volatile these guys' values can be. Mm-hmm. Uh, a guy like that you might be able to buy is Alex Karloff because he was mm, a top hundred guy. Yeah, knowing that he had an injury and was going to miss all of twenty seventeen, and now a year later he's healthy and is off all the lists. Yeah, because of uh, yeah, just basically. All the all the other guys, all the new shiny toys, uh, filling in in yeah. front of him. Good call, Jeff. Mm-hmm. All right, there you go, Adam. Go get uh, go get Alex Killeroff. <laughs> and as for the rest of you uh, listeners out there, if you have any questions for us, again, don't hesitate to reach out to us. Uh, we've got a bunch of uh, bunch of avenues on Twitter at Dynasty Guru. Email us at dynastyguru at gmail You can join the Facebook group. Uh, follow us on twitter any any number of those options so that is going to do it for us tonight i think this has been the dynasty guru fantasy baseball podcast i've been your host ian hudson you can find my hand at the dynasty guru and some portion of the articles there especially anywhere wet the appetite w-e-t has been replaced with wet the appetite w-h-e-t and you can find me on Twitter at USF Hudson, but I am not a very good follow. You can find Keaton at the Spoken Keats on Twitter and over at the Dynasty Guru. Keaton, what have you written recently? Well, if you're uh, jonesing for some pitcher, hitter, and prospect analysis, then the uh, look no further than the triple play to whet your appetite on that. And uh, this week we released Miami. And uh, whatever alphabetically was before Miami. I don't remember what came out on Monday. Milwaukee. That's it. Milwaukee and Miami. Uh, and our, our next one uh, coming out this Monday is Minnesota. So um, I'm actually pretty excited. We got, I think we're through the worst of the list that we uh, all were kind of like, oh, God, these ones are going to suck. An hour into a string of ones that we're all excited to write about, so I'm pretty pumped for the next handful of these. And uh, hopefully, uh, you've been reading them, and we'll continue to read them. And uh, the triple play is awesome; you should uh, read it. Cosine, wholeheartedly agree there. Uh, you can find Jeff on Twitter at LowGuppy, all one word. Uh, Jeff, what have you written? <clears throat> Jeff, what have you written recently? Do you have anything coming out? Uh, the last thing I wrote was about how to use a left on base percentage uh, when evaluating pitchers. Uh, essentially just kind of setting a baseline for like what's normal because it's it's a little more variable than you'd think. It's really tied to whip, uh, which in turn is tied to Babbitt. So uh, you got to be a little careful when using it, but, uh, but just kind of wanted to... Uh, I get it. You were personally attacking me. It's okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I I wasn't gonna write about it because uh, someone else looked at some strand rate stuff back in January, but uh, but then I was listening to this podcast and I was like, okay, yeah, we all need just a little refresher on left on base percentage, and especially <laughs> in April it gets misused a lot because in small samples it's gonna be weird. 
Like, this guy's got an 85% strand rate. It's like, well, yeah, he's also got an 85 whip. Jeff, I just I just want to say, closing out the podcast, you're doing a great job at getting yourself invited back on. <laughs> <laughs> I'm busy on Fridays anyways. <laughs> I didn't even want to do it. I love my own podcast. And now you sound like Tyler when he didn't get invited when we first started. <laughs> oh. And uh, Jeff, do you got anything coming out soon? Uh, yeah, uh, I've been collecting the 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 dynasty gurus uh not just bold predictions like we had tonight but bold underlined and italics uh predictions because you've you've got to up your game if you want to keep up with the bold predictions market absolutely true and uh, uh and i'm also also just finished writing up my uh i think i mentioned my de facto favorites just guys that i ended up with everywhere uh a third of which are on the disabled list now and i'm sad but you know okay it is what it is man this is yeah. the nature of the beast. <laughs> yeah. So let's just hope no more hit it. <laughs> yeah, there you go. <laughs> Three days in, up. that's it. Three <laughs> days in, that's the end of the DL. Let's just hear to dare to dream. All right. All right. And uh, I've already gone through the Twitter, the the Dynasty Guru plugs. So, and you know, guys, if you if you like what we're doing over here, and uh, you want to help us keep the lights on. You can donate a minimum of $5 to receive exclusive downloadable format of the entirety of our Ultra Deep rankings. That includes Brett Sayers' Top 500 for Standard Leagues, Tom Trudeau's Top 500 for OBP Leagues, Jesse Roach's Top 200 Prospects, and our entire ranking series in downloadable form. For more information, head over to thedynastyguru.com and check out the front page. And lastly, thanks very much to Caraway for the use of our theme song, Raising the Dead, off of their self-titled EP. Go check them out at wearecaraway.bandcap.com. That's two R's in Caraway. That's going to do it for us tonight. Uh, have a good day, and as always, stay golden. Stay golden.